This Blitz podcast is brought to you by Bravado Wireless. Available online at bravadowireless.com. All right, let's hit up the hotline and welcome in Eli Letterman from the Tulsa World. Eli, thanks for being flexible, man. How are you today? Pop, I'm, I'm doing well. You were talking about, you know, OU hoops, that at-large bid. I think when we talked last week, right after the, uh, the Kansas State win, there was that flicker of hope. Uh, and I think even through Texas on Saturday, yep. you could have maybe felt like, wow, this, this is that, that push, that run they were needing to start to go on. Uh, but things don't go their way in Austin. And last night was a, a really – I think I, I put it in my, my story last night, a really familiar uh, OU men's basketball Big 12 performance in 22-23. That's how it felt. Yeah. Yeah, no, I absolutely. And I, I phrased it like this. I don't know when you jumped on or not, but – uh, yeah, I, I even with the Texas loss and the way that they played, because it still shows Eli that they are capable uh, when they play at a certain level. That they and they've shown that they can beat really good teams. But um, last night was the close the door behind you and hit the lock button as far as an at-large bid. Now it's just you know hoping and praying to go on a massive run in the Big 12 tournament. And just judging by how they played, no one really expects that to happen. But this is this is kind of where we're at. Um, what was the overall sense last night after the game from, from Porter and the players and their disappointment level from coming off of a good game at Moody to uh, losing last night? Yeah, I mean, it's not like last night was a bad performance. I think maybe one way to, to kind of sum it up, and maybe this sums up a lot of OU men's basketball the Big 12 play began, is they were up uh, early, you know, midway through the first half. Texas Tech had committed 10 turnovers OU had turned it into 10 points they're still shooting really well but felt like another one of those window, windows that Porter Moser's talked about where he feels like they're playing well they come out hot and they're out playing their opponent they have them on the ropes yet they're only up four when maybe they should be up double digits or something like that and last night's another case like they, they really had a window there despite how well Texas Tech was shooting out of the gate to maybe build something bigger so that you know, when that inevitable run from, from the Red Raiders comes or this or that, you built yourself a cushion. And, and I think you really want to sum up all these close games they've lost last night, ended up being double digits, their seventh double-digit Big 12 loss in 10 tries. But, you know, close games that are – this team just hasn't been able to, to really put any kind of foot down when it's had control of the game. And I think we saw that last night, and that, that then bleeds bleed into a second half where, again, talk about what's familiar – close game with five and a half minutes left and you, you wind up losing by 11. That's that's maybe the most familiar story uh, with this OU team this year in terms of their, yeah. their final five minutes. Uh, and, and so, you know, you want to talk about maybe closing the door on, on the postseason. I certainly think well, at least the NCAA tournament were probably there. Uh, this one might have, I don't know if hurt would be the word, and, and you know, it was a pretty straightforward, um, you know, media session afterward, but maybe it's just that acceptance of that this is um, – this is what this team is, and, and they've been good. They fought. There's no questioning that. But in the nation's toughest conference, this is who they've been and, and kind of maybe just not quite having it this year. And I think that, that was kind of the feeling last night. It was kind of a you know, difference of halves, especially on the defensive side for Oklahoma. What they force with 13 turnovers, turnovers in the first half. Texas Tech did a much better job of taking care of the basketball in the second half. Uh, but that was kind of what was what was propelling Oklahoma along. And then the way that Tech just finished them off last night, which was going repeatedly there inside the paint, uh, there wasn't anything that Oklahoma could do uh, to stop them. 40, 26 of their 40 points 
uh, in the paint were in the second half last night. They just they, they finished them off methodically after having a better second half compared to the first half. Yeah, I mean, I asked Mark Adams, like, what does it feel like to go to halftime when you've, A, committed 13 turnovers, B, shot 60% uh, from the field, and you're up two? Like, that, I don't even know how, how you balance that. Like, what's good, what's bad? And he said, <laughs> you know, basically the, the conversation at the half was we're beating ourselves. Like, if it, we're, we're shooting great, we're doing all this well. They mostly handled OU offensively, which they did all night uh, in terms of, of forcing the Sooners to shoot three-pointers and, and beat them that way. And 9-33 from, from three-point range is not going to do it. 24 misses from three is not going to do it. Uh, but in the second half, they cut down the turnovers. They kept daring OU to shoot to, to really little success on the whole. Uh, and then, as you put it, at the end of the game, it was just all inside, and, and that's another theme. Uh, OU just has not had the, the size and physicality to contend with teams really at any point in a lot of these games, but particularly in those, those minutes that matter. Porter Moser, you know, basically said that's what defined the final stretch was, was, uh, was the, just the bodies they had inside and how overpowering they were. A- any hope OU had in those closing minutes drained once Tech just started pounding it inside and, and seemingly, you know, at will scoring whenever they wanted, offensive rebounds whenever they wanted, and, and that was the story of it at the end. Well, and it kind of fit the the pattern as well that happens when when Sherfield struggles offensively. Um, what he finished with seven last night. Um, it just it was Ten one points. of those things that yeah, yeah, seven in the first half, right? Dyke ten. There but, you go. There you I go. mean, it followed an uh, it followed another pattern, right? Uh, of when when he struggles to score, even if their defense is playing at a, at a certain level. Uh, that team's just going to struggle with the way that they're that they're built, and I think that that's the most significant challenge for Porter moving forward. Is not I don't want to say an overhaul of of the entire roster, but uh, that's that's got to be a focal point heading into next season. Is that when your your leading guys struggles to score like he has a couple of times, that the the, the bottom just can't fall out the way that it seemingly has. Yeah, I mean until Porter Moser brings you know lottery pick to Norman his primary score is probably not going to be a guy that can do it 35 games in a season. That's not selling Grant Sherfield short or, or anything. Uh, it's hard to picture where this season would be without him. But last night was another one of those nights where he didn't have it. Um, a team was able to plan really well for him. And, and on a night that Grant Sherfield wasn't supplying that primary offense, once again, there really wasn't that guy. And so, yeah, we, we look to the future. The only, the only sooner who's not, doesn't have the option to be back next year would be Tanner Groves. And uh, I don't know how OU fans would feel about that, but it means that someone like Grant Sherfield could be back. <laughs> Joe Bamisil, who has uh, has shown th- this late flash, uh, has the opportunity to be back. All these guys, Jalen Hill, same deal. So th- there's a lot of talent here, but I, th- I think it's, it's at the top of that roster making it so that, that you can have guys in place so you can afford for Grant Sherfield not to light the world on fire on a given night. He's done it plenty this season, but – uh, when he hasn't scored, the Sooners often haven't scored, and, and that's got to be a, a, a major issue that Porter Moser has circled as he looks to the offseason. And kind of an offseason now with off of comments from recently, because I, I can't remember, did Porter have his comments of basically shutting down all the Notre Dame stuff before the last time that we had you on? I, I can't remember or not, but, you know, there was a yeah, while. Yeah, that would have been, uh, uh, been last Monday. So we, we have spoken okay. since then. Uh, yeah, and that okay. was before the case, the case state uh, result, and so yeah, I mean, he he shut at least the Notre Dame link down and did it forcefully. I, I think even you know so forcefully that it'd be hard to uh, 
I mean, we've, we've all seen, you know, coaches say one thing and move. I'm not suggesting that's the case here, but um, he was so forceful, I think, and emphatic in his comments that, that you know, he, he said, I'm home, Oklahoma's home. Uh, and, and so I, I think we can, you know, if you want to proceed forward based on that, thinking that Porter Moses looking at this offseason and looking at being here next year, if that's any question for anybody. So Iowa State coming up next, a uh, rough one for the uh, Cyclones last night. And it just, like I was reading earlier, like cellar dwellers have just not been kind to the Sooners. Here they are in that position. And, uh, you know, facing an off an Iowa State team that had a rough one uh, does not seem like a fun task at all, especially with the early tip-off time coming up in Ames. Yeah, this, none, none of this final stretch sets up particularly well for a team in, in OU's place. Um, I don't imagine you're going to see a lot of quit in them, but when you're playing not just teams that, that seemingly are more talented but that have a whole lot more to play for, when you mention Iowa State, like if, if they need a get-right game, they, they might be getting the right opponent. Uh, just in terms of timing and time of year, no one has had a lot of success going into Hilton Coliseum this year. Uh, and, and so this, this sets up for, at least if you're Iowa State looking at it, it's saying we've got a team you know that, that has certainly less to play for than almost anyone else in the conference, uh, and and maybe this is their chance. But uh, we we've seen it all year where, you know, we saw TCU slow down a bit without Mike Miles, and now look at them, Kansas State, Kansas, even uh, all, all the top teams in this conference. I think by virtue of how hard uh, the schedules have been, have had their dips, but they've all found ways to rebound, and and this might be that opportunity for Iowa State. Hey, I was going to ask you, too, um, what stood out to you as we kind of shift gears here a little bit here to the football side? Is there anything that stood out to you about anything that you learned or in your conversations with Eric uh, about some of the newcomers for OU football that uh, we we finally got access to? I say finally, but that we got access to uh, for the first time. I thought there, there were some there were some good stories that were there um, as well. You know, the Peyton Bowen, uh, that entire situation – He's at Oklahoma because he forgot to fill in AM or PM on the NIL, I thought was a was a fascinating read. And then I think everyone was kind of interested in what Trace Ford had to say as well. What did you take away from, from any of your experience or, or talking with Eric about things? Yeah, I'd say that you want to, for lack of a better term, the juiciest, you know, storyline certainly probably is Peyton Bowen, you know, explaining that he was a clerical paper error, uh, paperwork error away from being an Oregon Duck and, and for that whole saga ending there before, um, as we know, it, it continued to develop and ended with him as a Sooner. And he's here. He's on campus. I can promise you Peyton Bowen is a Sooner. Um, that, that was one takeaway from the other day. But, uh, you know, onward from there, Trace Ford, you know, it, it, I think that storyline's going to follow him. He, he said he's real excited. There's no hard feelings, but he's really excited for that November 4th trip to Stillwater. Beyond that, you know, it, it is. It speaks to uh, I think the decision Brent Venables made to, to hold this availability and, and this newcomer media day. A lot of schools, if you bring a five-star quarterback on campus, you're not talking to him for 18, maybe even 24 months. Um, and he and Jackson Arnold talk about how smooth his transition has largely been. Um, I, I think should be encouraging to OU fans. That's what you want to hear. Um, he's settling in well. He, he's, uh, you know, I had talked to him when he was still in his final weeks at Denton Geyer. He was so excited just to get on campus and to finally work with Jeff Levy to, to work behind Dylan Gabriel with these quarterbacks. Uh, so, so he's, you know, that, again, music to Sooner fans' ears should be that, uh, that Jackson Arnold's had a smooth transition. Maybe my favorite of the interview, personally, was with Walter Rouse, who's the, the offensive tackle from Stanford, who I think, A, maybe is one of their most important transfer additions this year and that he's going to spot right in at left tackle. But 
boy, uh, I mean, you can maybe take a guess with, with where he's coming from, coming from Stanford, a really bright guy, uh, but with a really interesting perspective and maturity. And he, he spoke about, you know, he had his own slip. He committed to Nebraska and changed his mind. He spoke really maturely about, you know, the process there and his feelings about it. Uh, and then he was explaining to me what it's like to be a biomechanical engineer at, at Stanford and started using terms that eventually went way over my head. Um, but he was a really fascinating dude, and he capped it off with what I have to uh, easily the, the the most firm handshake I've ever received. My hand is – I'm still, like, flexing a little bit. Um, well, dude, you've never shaked Adrian Peterson's hand before then. Well, no. Because the, 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 thing, the one this, that crushed me rival, was, was AD. I know. He's just a legendary one. Had a few. I mean, I'd say Josh Jacobs. I'm not gonna lie. It, there for me. it it hurt bad, bro. Like it 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 was yeah, so it, it was so like that is what like I looked at him and I'm like, oh, so that's what a real man is, you know, in the first place. Like standing <laughs> next to me, you know, it's definitely not the reflection that I see in the mirror. And like it it was so forceful. Like you wanted to turn away for a moment so he didn't see how much of a baby that you were. The fact of how, of how strong that his handshake was. So I, yeah, I've I've been there for before for sure. So I uh, I haven't I haven't done Rouse's handshake yet, but uh, I look forward to maybe experiencing that sometime in the near future. <sighs> Eli, man, I appreciate you. Thank you for jumping on. Uh, hey, next time let's talk a little full swing. I don't know how much of the uh, Netflix oh, series let's that you do it had a chance to uh, dive into yet because I know you've been incredibly busy, but I would love to hear your thoughts on it. I'm not as far along as I'd like to be, but I'm a few episodes in. That, I mean, getting to watch Southern Hills was, was right. incredible. Having been right yeah. there. There were a couple of shots. I, I didn't stop myself, but I know I, I know for a fact, because there's a photo of me, when, when JT and his father are just crouched, having their little moment, I know I was just steps away. And, and so getting to see Southern Hills is great. We'll talk full swing next week. Awesome. Thanks, buddy. That's Eli Letterman joining us here on the Blitz 1170 from the Tulsa World covering the Oklahoma Sooners. Thank you for listening to this exclusive Blitz 1170 podcast from Bravado Wireless.